Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Go for it. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we are taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. That is Tierney. I am Jarf, and we are welcoming back our guest, Liz and George. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the American Panoscopic Studios. Hello, us. And Hi, me. everybody. Liz got an accent. I was going to say, you've changed. <laughs> sound like Mr. Hanky. <laughs> hey! I don't know. Hey, that's everybody. Like, that's, that's more like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Woohoo! Was Mr. Hanky Pee Wee's Playhouse? Mr. Hanky was South Park. There will be no South Park references in minute 57. We are getting a, le- a history lesson today. Not about anthropomorphic poo. No, very much not. This will not be destroyed in my memory. This is minute 57, <laughs> which starts with Patricia keeping the conversation going over their dinner and ends with her finishing reading from her book about the Waponies. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm so curious about this book. Did anyone get a good look at it? No. What the book is? It's driving me insane. I did not get a good look at it, but I love it. I also love that it is apparently always accessible at all times. Like, she... What if Rory Gilmore, she brought a book with her to this dinner. <laughs> She's an intellectual. <laughs> so how do we want to tackle this? It's fascinating stuff because if she just, she is the expert on where they're going. If she just said it without reading it from a book, Joe would believe whatever she said. Why have her read it out of a book? But the book That's just says Polynesia on the spine. She could be making it up. Well, but it, it also sets her... Apart from it establishes that she is a different person than her father is because her father will just spin yarns out of thin air. He likes hoodoo and flim flam. Right. That band from the 90s that had that one hit song. Flippity gibbets. <laughs> I mean, I believe she knows generally where they're going, but she's not going to pull out the 1800 years ago specificity. Like she. Yeah, that. The specific she says details. originally, she's like, all I know about them is they love orange soda. Well, I think like, her, this is a moment like where she's sort of like run up against, she's a, she's a go-getter. She's a doer. So she's like, I'm going to take this random dude to this weird island. I want to know as much as I can before I go. And she has done all the research that she can. She's read the book. She's talked to her as much information as her father will give her. She has nothing else to go on other than, she doesn't know why she's going to this island other than to take this dude there. So she is... She's like, all right, I've reached the limits of my research abilities. What next? And I really like that interpretation because I I do like her little, you know, when he says your father didn't tell you why we're going, she's like, no. And I kind of like that idea that she's just like, look, I have as much information as I could gather on this. If I knew, I would have told you. Which you got to think that at some point, Joe is probably like, mm, I'm maybe I'm starting to wonder about the validity of this enterprise if literally no one knows why I'm doing this except the old rich white guy who's paying me to do it and the doctor. Yeah, but he's an old rich white guy, so you have to trust him. That's why yeah. the country's in the situation it is right now. Yeah, apparently it's the only way to trust the old rich white guys. Yeah. And their mm-hmm. capitalism. Yeah. Everything will work out fine, I'm Probably sure. Be fine. Don't worry, guys. Mm-hmm. They've got magic. Yeah. White guy magic. It's called money. And unicorns, because they can afford them. They're just hiding them from the rest of us. Well, that really brings me to my next big capital W-Y about how the scene is written. Just the whole concept of the Waponi culture. I am super curious why Shanley made the Waponis 
this mixture of Polynesian, Celtic, Hebrew, and Latin influences. Uh, so that it wouldn't be racist when he made them wackadoodle crazy pants Oh, that, that, that was back in the 90s. I didn't care if they were racist. They were just, Mel Brooks was like really funny back then. So they decided to go with like, they wanted to be able to use as much Jewish humor as possible. Got to get that sweet, sweet Jewish humor going. Or maybe someone lost a bet on like, okay, we're going to write a movie about going to a Pacific Island about a guy in a boat and a brain cloud. Catch is you got to use Gabe Vigoda in the main role. They're like, oh. How do we get Abe Vigoda on this island? Yep. I wondered about that, but I didn't really get the sense (laughs) that it was, we want Abe Vigoda and then it was reverse engineered. No, I think they were always Waponi Woos. Yeah, I think so too. But the, it, there's nothing else in the movie that tracks with it being some kind of statement about indigenous people being whitewashed in Hollywood because it's just, it's not that type of movie that has that much to say about no, They're not worried about authenticity per se. No. This is a sort of like a fantasy, fantastical fairy tale of, of, of a movie. Yeah. I have a theory. It's very unsatisfying, though. I have to worry. We don't you. want it. Okay. <laughs> no, what's your theory, Tierney? No, it's just, I am a writer. I've written some terrible short stories based on dreams I had that I was like, this would make such a great short story. And then you write it and you're like, wow, no, it didn't. This makes no sense Why at all. Why is my mother pudding? <laughs> And it's one of those things, I kind of wonder if, at some point, John Patrick Shanley had a dream, or a giggle, or was playing Cards Against Humanity, I don't know, and was like, wouldn't it be funny if you had a Polynesian, but also Jewish culture, and it just got stuck in his head, and no one ever told him, no, don't do that. Because he came up with a whole backstory that air quotes, make sense for why they are the way they are. Except for the orange soda part. How did that get introduced? Oh, that's just racist. I think he just predicted Keenan and Kel years ahead of his time. I guess not that many years, but years. orange soda? The Waponies love orange soda. They do, they do, they do. Ooh. Do you think the young Waponi boys and girls have bought in bar mitzvahs? Ooh. They could. Because nothing gold can stay. No one can get any response to that. I would just like to thank this movie for giving us the I have no response to that line. It is so useful. I think in the future, instead of editing out awkward silences, we should just drop in Angelica saying, I have no response to that. <laughs> this podcast will be 50% Angelica by the end. <laughs> I mean, you get star power then. The more Meg Ryan, the better, which is why I love this movie. But uh, can we put a pin in the orange soda? Because there- No, it'll reading, leak. Yeah. Yeah, it will. It'll get sticky and it'll get okay. everywhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dad jokes are just a black hole that draw us all into them. It's, it's all about yes and, Jarf. <laughs> okay. Flashbacks to Monday. All right. Uh, what were you going to say, Jarv? So there's stuff in the screenplay about the orange soda. Let's sidebar on that. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. That's what you call a teaser in the biz. So I think that you're on the right track with this whole, it's some dream that Shanley had one time and nobody dissuaded him from it. Because the only thing that I could find in contemporaneous interviews 
is him describing it as a mythic culture. And so I think I think he wanted it to be something of his own creation, and it wasn't any kind of broader statement. Like what the aforementioned Mel Brooks did in Blazing Saddle with casting himself as the Native American chief, but with a Yiddish accent in a movie where it's actually talking about the racist tropes in Westerns. None of that is going on. So this feels like-, like they didn't want to use a real culture. So they decided to make one up and they decided go big or go home. Right. If it's made up, sense? it should have some some made up contours to it. And so it, like in the context of that, then it's it's not. So that means when we see Abe Vigoda and Nathan Lane later, it's not just whitewashed indigenous people. It is just this weird thing that Shanley came up with. Now, the optics of it are still not good. And so when, and we talked about this when we talked about the trailer, when you just see Abe Vigoda and Nathan Lane in Native American headdresses and, and whatnot, you don't understand that that's a context. So I, I think that's a way that it's... It- well, I think back then it might have been a way to draw people in because you see these two obviously non-Polynesian individuals in Polynesian garb. And you go, wait, what? Because they don't have time or the real estate to go into why they, who the, who they are. And like they don't right. have the book scene, that sort of stuff. And this is all exposition. It's a very clever use of exposition versus like, oh, well, what about that one time where... And then they fill in whatever backstory you need to move on to the next part of the movie. No, no. Enjoy your history lesson. Sit mm-hmm. down, children. We'll tell you a story gather, about gather, Little Pony Woo. Gather around. If she held up a picture in that book, it would really complete the it vibe. Complete Although the now image. we know where the turtle from Finding Nemo got his name. They don't use Crush or oh. His name is Crush because he was obviously born near Wapuni Woo. Oh, Orange Crush. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like it. Shared universe. Mm-hmm. I'm totally down with Joe versus Volcano and Finding Nemo being in the same universe. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Disney Pixar. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, so Orange Crush. Sidebar. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> welcome to Jarf gets his train of thought back. So in the screenplay, there's this whole bit about how the people of Waponi have lost their way and their culture has become infiltrated by commercial culture. And so the orange, instead of just being generic orange cola, they are all drinking jump cola. Is that a reference to what he's got to do in the volcano? Yes, exactly. So they used (laughs) to have this tradition that someone would be selected and they would volunteer to jump in the volcano but now, so Jump Cola is sort of, it's your Red Bull, it's your Mountain Dew, it's a crappy drink that encapsulates the idea of being heroic. And the idea is, instead of anyone being brave enough to jump in the volcano, I mean, it's also dumb, but they all just rot out their teeth with Jump Cola. So unfortunately, that thematic idea got excised from the movie and they just let them leave the part about them all liking orange soda with no explanation which kind of it works in a different way because it's one of the things that people remember about the movie and it's just hey quirky wow it's a a polynesian island well and it's the same response joe has his face he's like they like orange soda like 
that's weird. And she just completely blows past it. Right. If you're working with John Patrick Shanley and you're going through the revisions, and if you're the sort of sensible one that says, well, you know, we cut out the part about the jump soda, so now it doesn't really make sense to make up the, to introduce the orange soda. He's like, yeah, but it'll seem weird, so we're going to keep it in. And it's like, okay, well, that's that's what we're doing. The entire time you explained jump soda, I literally was clutching the sides of my desk bracing because I hated it so much. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. The soda is the reason they do- No, they like orange soda. Why? Because they do. Because it's funny. Because it's Snap 1990. Snap out of it. Yes! <laughs> yes, actually, so I think that some people were exerting good influences on Shanley because we mentioned the deleted ending. And the way that I've seen that described is all of the characters coming back and explaining their purpose oh, I read in the it. plot. It's real bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's real bad. And it's real, real wrap that up and tie a bow on it. It's no. Nobody wants so that. He, clearly he needs to be reined back from his instinct to, to over-explain. Sorry, I have frozen the minute on second 16, and I'm just going to be in love with Meg Ryan forever now. She's so damn pretty. She is very Meg Ryan. She, her style is so effortless. Once we get to Patricia times. Patricia times! Ah, to live in Patricia times. <laughs> May you live in Patricia times. Ah, to be on boats now that Patricia times are here. We're just all thinking. We're learning a lot. We have to process that. We're, we're, we're enjoying story time. I'm just kicking back, relaxing on cool. Chilling for shooting some b-ball outside the school. And chugging some orange soda. Ooh. Okay, I feel like I am amongst people who will understand that when Jarf started talking about Jump so- Cola, I thought I was going to get to make a crisscross reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I was- And now I have. And I was over here just like- might as well jump, jump yeah, for the soda. That's where I was. That's true. This movie does predate that. It probably would have been Van Halen. Hey, kids, don't drink soda. It's bad for you. Oh, oh, no. When Joe was in his apartment, there could have been an ad for Jump Cola featuring Van Halen's. Oh, man. Slightly Ooh. dated at that point <sighs> hit song, Jump. Oh, uh, cool. you know that would have happened. Oh, Let's create that bad. edit. Which is really funny because then Van Halen went on to do the theme song for Crystal Pepsi. So they're just everywhere. Did they really? Yeah. Right now. Jordan Morrow. Mm. Although you have to be careful referencing right now as a Van Halen song. Because although it definitively is, uh, friends of mine who are fans of Van Halen get very testy when you bring it up. That's because it was during the Van Hagar years. These are things I did not care about. David at that Lee time. Roth is is the only Van Halen years. That's funny that you bring that up because I was just explaining that to my father in law. Is he pro Hagar? He he was neutral. Now he is pro Diamond Dave. Thanks to there, my there, there you go, bougie bougie bop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> too much hair, not enough scat. That was the Hagar years. Coming soon, an alphabetical analyzation of the Van Halen songs by George and Jarf. It's called What the Van Halen. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) There is nothing we can't make yet another show to produce about. Into a podcast. (laughs) Name it, we'll make it into a podcast. Name it, we'll talk about making it into a podcast. (laughs) That too. Good edit, Liz. Good edit. (laughs) 
I just, you Y'all know, I have like, no honesty. idea how many podcasts my wife and I have made up that we will never do. Yeah. And she has no desire to ever be recorded on a podcast. So it's not even, it's a, a pipe dream. We're doing it just for the fun of coming up with the concept. Sometimes that's all you need. It's scratch like that itch. podcast role playing. She's a consultant, so she likes to, she likes to workshop the idea. Just spitballing. Which one of you is Golden Tony? <laughs> Jarf. I didn't hear what you said because you were cracking up too much, but I'm sort of vicariously laughing. I, <laughs> vicariously laughing. I said, which one of you guys is Golden Tony? And in my mind, I ooh, I think in my mind I was equating Alex with Golden Tony, but then who would Pete the Reed? I originally was going to make a which one of you is Alex and which one of you is Pete in your role play joke, but then I thought that was kind of a little... Uh, pulling them in. It's not their fault we're having this conversation. (laughs) So it's like, I'll just make a reference to their podcast, but it was too late. My brain found it too funny. It really helps to explain the process by which you came up with the joke afterwards. I find that really adds to the comedic effect. Oh, yeah. That is one of the key tenets of the law of dad jokes. Yep. Rule of threes and portmanteaus. Oh. All right. I I will ask if anyone else has anything specifically for this minute? Because it just occurred to me, Jarf, how are we going to do Fairy Tale Friday? Because our we guests... already know. But what if we have more fairy tales? You didn't have that the first time I was on. That's Ooh. what oh, I couldn't didn't? remember. Yeah, <gasps> thank you, Liz. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I-, I can never remember who we've heard from who we haven't. So, oh, good. Yeah, I was I was pre meme. You're a premium. I'm pretty premium. Uh, so I actually don't really like most fairy tales. Are we starting this? Am I, am I just you're, going? You're I'm just, you're I'm just going. Yeah. Liz is going to share her favorite fairy tale in any medium for Fairy Tale Friday. I have another one after. So I don't like most fairy tales because I feel like they're often cruel in their the way they teach their messages. And they scared me as a kid. Almost all of them. So my favorite fairy tale is the fairy tale anime. That's the title of it. It's literally called Fairy Tale. And it's about wizard guilds. And it focuses on a particular wizarding guild named Fairy Tale. That's a weird name for a wizarding guild. In your world. I mean, it's an anime, so it's probably a weird translation, but. It has a flying cat named Happy. And <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Uh-huh. And yep. And it stars Natsu and Lucy and they go on adventures and they have cool characters. There's a lady character named Urza who's a magical knight and she can like one of her magic base it's basically like a they all have these like spells based on they all have like a certain type of magic they can do like ice magic or water magic or whatever and urza does like fighting magic and so she and they all have outfits based on the spells they're casting (laughs) basically of course they do is this better or worse than the book about the hogwarts for musical instruments they're different things (laughs) (laughs) what a diplomatic answer (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure I enjoyed both of them in different ways. Nice. There's dragons, and some of them are good dragons, and some of them are bad dragons. Does anyone ever ask, are you a good dragon or a bad dragon? No, they the dragons are pretty good about, like, just, you know. Okay. 
Missed opportunity, their but it was Oh, fine. you're such a bad dragon. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Let's go hang out on my pile of gold. But yeah, it's a pretty contemporary anime. I actually think it's not over yet. It's still running. And I enjoyed it. That is my favorite fairy tale. Yay. So on the nose. <laughs> and it's also the first one that I have never heard of before. So I'm very excited to nice. explore a new fairy Jarf, tale. have you ever heard of the Telltale game A Wolf Among Us? No. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's by Telltale Games, which is a series. They do sort of like animatics that are also interactive. So you can sort of play the video game, but also it's more like a, like a comic book. Choose your own adventure. Oh, he'll type remember thing. that. Yeah. It's real fun. But there's, they have this one that's called A Wolf Among Us and the big bad wolf is the protagonist. And it's got the huntsman from Little Red Riding Hood. And it's got a bunch of fairy tale characters set in modern times. And there's a murder mystery going on. And you're trying to figure out who killed who. And it's a lot of fun. There's like sort of like a investigative sort of aspect of it. And it's, it's, con- it's contemporary because they've finally announced they're doing a second one. And it's only been like, I don't know, 10 years since the first one. So it's going to be real fun. It's like an interactive fairy tale, but like sort of gritty and 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 noirish. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Maybe I'll introduce that to my College Avenue neighbors board game night. It's a video game. For some reason, I because I'm so analog, I just assumed that it was a board game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so digital, I'm like, what board board game? What would you do that for? How could you play a game with a board? Yeah, uh, if you want, <laughs> the only board game that would be is if I fell asleep. <laughs> i'm kidding i love board games too but this is a really fun i think you can get it on pc and stuff but it's an actual video game that is it's a the art is beautiful it's it's amazing okay so we brought you a video game and an anime for your fairy tale friday have fun with those i love it i'm pretty sure the first time we did this i said star wars was my favorite fairy tale so okay. and it is fantasy not okay. sci-fi I run into that a lot where I'm like, my favorite fairy tale. I'm like, Charity, you're just describing fantasy novels now. <laughs> my favorite fairy tale is pure communism. <laughs> oh, boy. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Jarf is putting George in another timeout. <laughs> I'm in the Jarf box. I'm always in the Jarf box. <laughs> you sit in the Jarf box and you feel shame. <laughs> No, I revel in it. I enjoy the being in the jarf box. I know I, I've succeeded something if I'm in the jarf box. Now all I can think of is the No Doubt song, Trapped in a Box. There's a lot of spider webs in here. Wow. Haven't thought about that in a really long time, so thank you. All right. Well, I think we have successfully talked about fairy tales on a Friday, and that was definitely it. We definitely didn't mention anything else. <laughs> <laughs> How are we feeling? Are we, are we good on this week? I'm a librarian. I will sit here and talk about story time with this book forever. But I mean, we know the Waponies, Celtic, Jewish, Polynesian, orange soda. Kellogg's orange soda. No more hats. It's too many in the mixture, isn't it? Even just for Shanley's weirdo idea. Polynesian, Celtic, Hebrew, Latin influences. But isn't that how all cultures develop? It's just a weird mishmash of bits and pieces. And then all of a sudden, oh, we have our own culture. That's cool. I'm not saying it's too many for reality, but since he was coming up with a myth and he just wanted, he only needed two to deliver his idea. I kind of like the weird amalgamation of uh, an ancient Roman ship sailing from Carthage that that had Jews and Celts on it. 
I don't know. There's something about it. I want the movie of that ship. Oh, the prequel. No, those are never good. Maybe this will be the one. I, I know. Uh, Rogue One's a prequel and it's good. Mm, it's an ancillary tale. Prequel. <laughs> I didn't um, know this was the hill we were going to die on this week. Oh, well, I'm going to die on this hill, just like everybody in Rogue One. Spoilers. <laughs> well, they died on a beach, so... It was a dune. Oh! Oh, bringing it all back around. Oh. <laughs> wow, that was a journey. If you're if you're trying to make a smooth segue to plug in your show, then I, I will I pay you back in kind by derailing ocean. your segue uh, with whatever I want to talk about. If you enjoyed watching everyone die on a dune in Rogue One, you're really going to love our podcast, Wait a Dune Minute. Because we're all going to die at the end. Where we're it's no like survivors. that, but for Dune the movie. No survivors. No survivors. We're also all going to jump in the volcano at the end. So that too. That's why we're sister there's podcasts. There's a strong chance I'm going to... There's a, there's a some strong chance I'm going to wish I could jump in a volcano about halfway through. I feel like it would be kind of cool if everyone that did a minute-by-minute minute podcast died the way a lot of their antagonists or protagonists died at the end of the podcast. So eaten by dinosaurs. Hit by a bus. Eaten by sandworms. Jump in a volcano. Alex gets his hand chopped off. Yeah. Murdered by your own child. Star Wars Minute must be so proud of us at this moment. Absolutely. I'm so happy they started a community. They're like, yeah, this is great. Just don't don't talk to us in public. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awkward. Can I just ask one more Waponi question? Waponi not. <laughs> was anyone else thrown off when they said it was a Roman galley with a crew of Jews and Druids? It's the Druids thing. Oh, they said druids, not Celts. Why aren't uh, they just? They did say druids. Why aren't they druids? Oh, because they're. Oh, they they identify both of them as their like religious religion. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then they do later say Polynesian, Celtic, Hebrew, and Latin. But it, it's just I know that this is historically inaccurate D and D influence, but I just can't hear druid and think yes that was a religion that people practiced it's like that loves trees yeah and you mush them up and they're (laughs) druids and it's like the best class in D &D now it's like oh i could control animals and i need a nap it's basically my life aspiration (laughs) all right i'm just gonna sit here with my arthuric legend knowledge and (laughs) yeah i get i mean maybe it's because i haven't played D D myself like I'm certainly aware that that is a class and I hear it referenced all the time. But to me, I will always go straight up Merlin, Arthur, Mists of Avalon, all that stuff when I hear it. You got to roll for And also the that. jokes from Spaceballs. Well, you are speaking my language because my favorite fairy tale is Camelot. Mm, shame what they did to Bobby. Knights of Round Table, they dance because they're able. Around table. It's only a model. This is based. This is like a movie reference gumbo. I'm hungry. That'd be good. I think I'll go make my sister Elaine Morgan make me something for dinner. Okay, go Elaine Morgan. She's literally named after two Arthurian characters. So. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Who were you named named after Tierney? Galahad uh, Green Knight. Family member. <laughs> Well, so I was named after a family member, and then, uh, all right, so I'm Tierney Elizabeth. I was named after Elizabeth Tierney. They flipped it because my dad didn't want me being called Beth. Wait, wait, all wait right. a second. Your, your relative was E.T.? <laughs> yep. 
Except it was the 1800s, so I doubt she would have gotten that joke. <laughs> Her finger so glowed. Unlike now when everybody gets George's jokes. Uh-huh. Everybody. <laughs> Whether they want to or not. One thing I think he will enjoy is that my, my sister is Elaine Morgan. My dad and his entire life is like, I love Camelot. They're good names. That, you know, like nothing too weird. All good here. And then my mother let slip after a night where she actually drank. I think it was Kahlua. I mean, like we are not talking the hard stuff here. That she approved Elaine because of how much she wanted to be Elaine in The Graduate <laughs> when she was a teenage girl. Oh, man. <laughs> Which means my sister will never be getting married because she knows that we will just be giggling the entire time thinking, Elaine, Elaine. That's a full circle. Yeah, I mean, you basically have to hire an ex to break up the wedding. Just just show up and say you object. Just do it. I object. Object. You could get Nuke Gunray to do it. <laughs> I will make it not legal. She knew good ran a bus. This is great. <laughs> she's gonna. She's never gonna be on one of my podcasts now. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just watched The Graduate the other day, and the whole time I was just like, <clears throat> my sister's named after this. <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with this movie. Was it just earlier this minute that we were talking about Wag the Dog? That was last minute. Or was that on? Or was it this minute? Uh, I, mm. Whichever one I tried to name, what Wibble Pony? No, oh, that was last minute. Why Albania? Wait, no, it was this minute. No, I think that's this minute. Yeah, it's Time this is a minute. construct, guys. It's a flat circle. It's funny how we record these on completely different days and not all in one stretch, all in one night. And yet still the conversation runs together. Well, that's why it's so hard to keep track of what we say, because we have 48 to 36 hours of time in between. And it all feels like it happened 10 years ago. It really does. People comment on your episodes and you have no recollection of making (laughs) that joke. What's a podcast? And to think I only asked that just to confirm that this has been an episode of solid Dustin Hoffman content. All right. Well, everyone's weekend homework is to watch watch a Dustin Hoffman movie of your choosing. Thank you for letting me have a choice. I feel it's important. I'm just thinking about distill Dustin Hoffman. Okay. If you're giving Dustin Hoffman homework... Off the cuff, what do you think would be your choice? Not a clue. I don't know anything he's in. Tootsie and Meet the Fockers. Tootsie and Rain Man. Mm. I'm going All the President's Men. Ah, damn, I forgot that was him. That's such a good one. He's a chameleon. I think I'm going to go with uh, Kung Fu Panda. There you go. Who knows? Maybe that will become your favorite fairy tale. Well, I've seen it. Um, it's not a fairy tale. It's historical skadoosh. Wait, Dustin Hoffman is in The Holiday? I don't know. Can we mention the trailer for the live action Mulan and see if we can make George cry again? Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> but you love that movie. You can't use that against me. All right. I really do got to get going, especially since now I'm exclusively thinking about Dustin Hoffman, who, again, I would like to reiterate. Has nothing to do with the film Joe versus the Volcano. Unless you want it to happen. Exclusively thinking about having a bowl of cereal when we hit stop. Well, Jarf, you know where we're going to sail to. <laughs> Into a bowl of cereal. Yay! Into a, a bowl, bowl of, of cereal. Of cereal. <laughs> George Liz, thank you so much for coming back. This has been super fun. You're welcome. And everybody go check out Wait a Dune Minute. If you can. Yeah, if it exists. Look it for will. it and listen to it if it exists. I was going to say, that's very like... 
philosophical. <laughs> Look it for is. it if you can, if it exists. It's like a luau on Wapa 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 Nui. <laughs> There you have it, folks. Well, Pony Woo. I can't think of a better way to wrap up than that. Honestly, yeah, just roll out with him trying to say it over and over. I said it right (laughs) at the end. (laughs) That was my David Lee Roth impersonation. (laughs) Woopa Wapa Nui. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.